Hey listener, this podcast is called Trigger Warning Romance for a reason. It is intended for an 18 plus audience due to the adult context and triggers that may be discussed in each episode. Please check the show notes for a full list of triggers and proceed with caution. You have been properly warned. It's time to count off the triggers. Hello and Happy New Year, everybody. Nat here. Tori and I have decided to release a Patreon-exclusive episode to everyone as a New Year's gift. If you are part of the Patreon, you're more than welcome to skip this one because you've probably already heard it. But if you are not a part of our Patreon, this is just a little taste of what you're missing. We really liked the way this episode came out, so we're actually going to replace the original Intro to Dark Romance with it, as that one was our first episode ever, so it's not our best work. This is um, the new and improved version of Intro to Dark Romance, and it is a much better representation of who we are and what we like. So without further ado, we hope you enjoy this extra special Patreon exclusive. Happy listening and happy new year, everybody. Hello and welcome to Trigger Warning Romance, everybody. I'm Nat. I'm Tori. And welcome to Intro to Dark Romance, where we tell you a little bit about our little dark romance podcast and ourselves. We are so excited to have you listening to us. We hope that you have as much fun listening as we have talking. Yes. We are avid dark romance readers, and we met through a Facebook group for exclusively dark and taboo books. So when my little idea for a podcast came along, I knew I needed to find somebody who's like-minded, right? I couldn't just do this with a friend because of the subject matter. So I put out a little call on Facebook in that group and Tori and uh, one other person answered so uh, after a bunch of things like the other person couldn't do it so Tori and I were left and we hit it off really well and we started it because my brain was going insane I was home on maternity leave with my daughter and I was talking to a child a baby all day and I just needed to talk to an adult well, and not only that, but you have to to remember we we started the idea for this. I guess it was about this time last year. It was February of last year. Wow. Yeah. Or no, I'm sorry. You might be right. It was right after my daughter was born. So you, I think you're right. It was about October or November. You're right. Oh God, that's, that's crazy. We've known each other for a whole year already. I know. And we've never met face to face. We do this all online and it's really weird to go a day without talking to Nat. We just, it just works. 
Yeah, you're honestly one of my best friends at this point because I can talk to you about crazy books. I can talk to you about crazy life. I feel like I know you almost better than some of my other friends because of the deep conversations we have on a weekly basis. Exactly. I know your darkest, deepest secrets. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so do some of our listeners. (laughs) Yes. um, And you guys know all of mine. Mine being one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Nat, honey, that's not a secret. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Maybe we should say what a dark romance is. What does a dark romance entail? I use the word dark romance and then I use heavy romance because there are some books that are so emotionally hard, but they're not dark. They don't have the danger element. They don't have the triggers that you would normally find in a dark romance. You know, there's no non-con, dub-con. Very rarely would they be a a taboo subject. Mm -hmm. But but they're hard to read. They they hit you where it hurts. Yeah. So I class those as a as a subgenre of dark because I would still give the trigger warnings for those books. Yeah. So dark romance according to online, right? As a broad definition is exactly what it sounds it's a romance novels with darker themes with mature content for adults um including content warnings like maybe bdsm role play abduction rape fantasy aka non-con um kidnapping and captivity right so though and that's just you know from this little blob i found online but I think we really, because BDSM by itself, not dark romance, right? Yeah. Role-playing by itself, not dark romance. But if you're adding those abduction, non-con, kidnapping, captivity, along some of the other tropes, then yeah, absolutely, that's dark. And then I want to say another thing, dark romance there's really just like a gray scale in my opinion, right? And everybody has a different threshold. What I might find dark, Tori might find Heather Gray and vice versa. And let's not get confused by the tropes because dark romance could be an arranged marriage. Mm -hmm. It could be a mafia. It Mm -hmm. could be an MC or a mm-hmm. motorcycle club romance. It it really spans all tropes. It's a matter of how they're worked together. Yeah. I feel like anything that is that needs a content warning or a trigger warning can fall under the dark romance umbrella. Yes. I would agree. So yeah. Which most dark romances are contemporary right i haven't really read many that are historical i haven't read many historical i have read 
some paranormal and definitely some Omegaverse. Oh, Omega, Dark Omega, we're going to get into that. But Dark Omegaverse is some of my favorite things to read. You give me a Dark Omegaverse and I'm all in. I'm all in from the beginning. I like I like Dark Roman I like Omegaverse, Dark Omegaverse so much that I am attempting to write one. That's how much I like it. <laughs> I've read the first maybe four or five chapters. And yeah. it's really good. I'm looking forward to seeing what you do with it. I'm not doing anything with it now because we're recording this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um which is fine. I started it again back when I was on maternity leave and I just needed like some sort of mental stimulation, right? I was used to working all day before I had the baby. I, I worked full time and then I, you know, I, I I was I felt productive. And when I was home with the baby, I didn't feel productive, as dumb as it sounds, because I was keeping a baby alive. So I'm well aware that I was being productive, but in my brain, I was like, I just needed to feel that creative spark. Um so before we started talking before you and I started talking and before the the podcast came about I just started typing away uh I was pumping milk for my baby and so anybody who's uh pumped milk for their baby knows that you have to do it every three-ish hours for about I don't know 20 minutes to an hour depending on how long you're you're going for so I just like stuck in a chair for every three hours for at least 20 minutes so Instead of scrolling through Instagram, I hadn't found TikTok yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other topic for us. Yes. Um, I would just sit down and write. And um, I am going to go back to it eventually. And I think I have something there. I really do. Uh, I hope that you guys will like it. Now I know people will actually read it because we have this whole podcast and everybody's clamoring to to get to my writing. I am still, okay, a year down the road, and we've been publishing our episodes, I think we're up to, we've done 20. Yeah. And I am still amazed that y'all listen to us. Yeah, our very first episode we ever published, we published on March 5th. March 5th. But again, we started this whole adventure about, I would say, October or November of last year. I don't remember exactly when. The baby was a baby. Like, the baby was a teeny tiny baby. Yeah. But, yeah, let's talk about some of maybe some of our favorite tropes, right? Okay. Um, My favoritest of all favorites is, is the reverse harem. Or the white yeah. shoes, depending on which side of the fence you go, you fall down on that. Yes. Yes, that is a controversy. That is a controversy in the TikTok world, in the TikTok community of book talk. Uh, some people want it to be white shoes and some people want it to be reverse harem. Some people just want it to be poly. So. So depending on where you go, it, it could be all of the above. But it's the trope of one lady, many men. <laughs> One woman, at least three men. At least three. And uh, unless you ask my husband, who will tell you, that, what was it, like 45 or something? He gave some something, crazy number. Yeah. No, I think he said 30. 30? 
Oh, I don't know what it was, but it it made my eyes bug out. Hang on, I'll see if I can find it. No, I'm not. I'm not. Maybe I'll. Maybe one way. Note to future editor Natalia: Find a TikTok, play it in this clip. Hi, future Nat here. I did find that TikTok clip for you. I just wanted to warn you before I play it that there is a lot of background noise and screaming babies. Because I live in a house with a lot of background noise and screaming babies, so just uh, be prepared and guard your ears. Enjoy. All right, babe, I have a question for you. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Tell me what you think a reverse harem is. When there's one chicken, a lot of dudes. How many dudes does it need to be to be considered a reverse harem? Like a lot? Yeah, like a lot. Like how many is a lot? Like 30. No! Jesus Christ! It's three or more. That's nothing. That's not a harem. People don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Excuse me? I gotta do some historical research here. Okay. I will pause. All right. The harem could contain thousands of slave concubines. It could. The harem of Abd al-Rahman is consisted of 6,300 women. Okay. 6,300. First of all, women are not as greedy as men, so we don't need that many. Third of all, it says up to. I didn't say how many max. I said how many minimum. Three or four is just like being polymorphous or whatever the fuck it is. Polyamorous. Yeah, polymorphic. No. Oh my god, that kid is losing her mind back there. What do you think of harems? <laughs> yeah, you like them? Great. Grand. As long as you're running the show, baby. <laughs> um but which I've asked you this before, but inherently right? That is not dark because no. everybody is consenting. Everybody is, well, usually <laughs> everybody, they, like I said, the, the, the trope itself, the why choose trope itself is not inherently dark, but when paired with some of these other elements, it can definitely be dark. You find a lot of bully romance as reverse harems. Mm. And those can get pretty dark. I mean, when you think about what you went through as a teenager, and when I say teenager, I'm talking 17, 18. Yeah. Um, most of them are either se- seniors in high school or somewhere in along their college career. Mm-hmm. But it gets pretty intense. And you you find a lot of non-con or dubcon. Mm-hmm. And for clarification, there is a difference between non-con and dubcon. Dubcon is dubious consent where there is a question of whether or not she is consenting or he is consenting. It's usually the girl though. It's usually the girl though. <laughs> where she is consenting possibly due to Drugs, alcohol, um, maybe she doesn't have all the information 
maybe she's in heat if it's an omega verse yeah um there there are a lot of reasons why it could be dubcon non-con is where she says no yeah so dubcon is where she maybe doesn't say anything but dubcon uh, non-con is where she says clear no yes yeah yeah i i think we know that i do not like that trope the the why choose reverse harem trope is not my not for me because one of my favorites is the trope not even a trope but it's like the element of mine you like the over-the-top jealous and possessive yes that's that's 100 what i like 100 uh, which again it makes sense because you are a poly person right yes absolutely in, in your relationships um and I am a very monogamous person. So while I can understand why people, you know, want poly relationships, like it makes sense, right? Like you can get this element from this partner and this element from this person and this element from this person. You don't need to get all of your needs met from one person. That's very attractive. Very much so. Also, the daycare cost must be amazing. You just split it. <laughs> And it's but, a lot of work. Yeah, it is a lot of work. If you want more information on that, I would encourage you to look back at our question and answer episode. Mm-hmm. Because we go into that, pretty, we, we go into my relationships a little in detail there. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Everyone wanted to know. Yes, you're, because because it is such a novel concept, you know, not many people are outwardly poly, right? There yeah. might be a lot of people who are poly, maybe you just don't know. Because they don't feel like dealing with that kind of like almost what like. Um, it's not the societal norm. It's not. And it's not, like I said, not inherently bad, but people just don't want to be judged for it. So right. a lot of people probably just don't say that they are, even if they are. Uh, me, on the other hand, I'm a very, I've said this on many episodes. I am your typical boring married lady to one husband and um I'm very happy this way so for me I like my books kind of like my relationships because I self-insert and so do you so it makes sense for you to self-insert into a reverse harem where I cannot self-insert into a reverse harem I just can't I think that makes a lot of sense, but that's one of the reasons we work so well together because we both bring unique perspectives to the books we read. Yeah, absolutely. And I also feel like our friendship works because we are so similar, but also so different. Yes. Like we've said this before, we have both been raised in a very different but similar way with our purity culture nonsense from your Christian side and my Soviet side. So where each other is coming from, even though we were raised so differently, but similarly. So um, that works. And then it's also, I think it just works because we're, I feel a lot of readers are very open in general to lots of things. If I have not met one reader who is, I don't want to say like, necessarily racist or like but like I haven't met any readers who are very judgmental you know it's hard to be judgmental when you enjoy the books that we enjoy without being hypocritical 
Exactly. And one of the things that is really big in our podcast and in our discussions is there's no kink shaming. Yes. Your kink may not be my kink, but that's okay. Yes, we don't yuck other people's yum because we wouldn't want other people to yuck our yum. So we read almost anything um, because you and I don't have any triggers. Yeah, we're open to anything. The only thing that we have discovered so far, I, I do not enjoy, not necessarily, it's not a trigger, but I do not enjoy any sort of blood play. For me, I have learned that I have a very difficult time when a child is injured or harmed. Yes, I have a difficult time reading that as well. If I know in advance, if it's covered in the the content warning, I can read it. And I, it doesn't, it's not that it doesn't bother me, but it hits in a different way than if I'm not expecting it. Yeah, I agree. I I can't, I can read it. It does definitely touch me. But again, it's when I'm reading, I want to be, you know, moved, whether in a positive way or a negative way, like half the point of reading is to feel emotion. So if I'm bawling my face off, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Look to Torment by Dylan Page. Oh, if you haven't read Torment, go read it. Buy chocolate, buy wine, buy Kleenex, read the triggers. It is a phenomenal book. With a very unconventional happily ever after. And let's talk about a happily ever after or an HEA for a moment. Yes, because that is a recipe for romance. In order for a book to be considered romance, it needs to have a happily ever after. Needs to. No if, buts, or ands. And the in order for it to be considered a romance, romance has to be one of the main plot points of the books so it can be a suspense romance it can be a rom-com it can be a mystery romance it could be anything but it the if the main part of the the book isn't the romance isn't the relationship between the two main two or three or four or five or whatever main characters (laughs) and it doesn't have it happily ever after it is not a romance which is why I had a problem with the book that everybody was, I don't know, dying over, uh, called Pen Pal by... J.T. Geisinger. That's it. Because that book was not a romance. I am not saying it wasn't a good book, but that book wasn't a romance. That book, spoiler alert, Spoiler alert, both of the main characters are murdered in that book and they die. So there is no happily ever after there. So it's not a romance. It is a spicy, paranormal suspense. It was very interesting. And I will die on that hill. Well, I will die with you. Thank you. Sorry, I just had to because... Everybody on BookTok was dying over this book. And it was actually a very controversial book for multiple reasons. Um, but 
I will die on the hill of it was not a romance. And I am not falling for that nonsense again. I'm not. Mm -mm. So, um, so yeah, it has to have a happily ever after and it has to have a romance as a main central plot point. Anything else it has to have, Tori? I don't think so. I don't think so. And that's the beautiful part about romance and why I hate when people kind of crap all over romance novels. A lot of men tend to crap all over romance novels because they say that they're not real books or they're just chiclet, you know. But in order for you to write a good romance, you need to be able to write a, a book. You can you need to be able to write a good suspense romance. That's that's suspense and romance together, right? If you want to write a mystery romance, you need to be able to write a, a mystery book and a romance together. So you need to be a you need to have all these different like subject matter experts. Yeah, you have to be an expert and a and an expert craftsman in order to weave these things together in a way. So yes, you have to be an expert writer in multiple genres and in multiple uh like tropes. So do not poop all over romance. And I know the people who are listening to us are not pooping all over romance and I'm preaching to the choir. So I'm just well, the point is to feel something. Mm-hmm. And a good writer, regardless of what type of book it is, a good writer can bring you to tears, can have you howling on the floor, laughing, you know, clutching your sides. It can have you gasping in suspense. A good writer is is definitely a craftsman. Yeah. And that is that goes that covers every author out there. Some are better than others. And I will say some of them are fluff. I have read fluff romance. But that's what I wanted to read at that point in time. I needed something where my brain could kind of turn off. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with fluff either. Like there's a place for everybody. Absolutely. All right, so you let's go back to our favorite tropes because I feel like that's a good thing to cover for us. Um, besides reverse harem slash why choose, what else do you enjoy reading? Like your favorite tropes? I really enjoy the mafia trope. I think that it is such a huge umbrella, especially for dark romance, mm. that it covers a little bit of everything. I... I like the female main character on the run. Mm-hmm. I like. I am getting into the secret baby. Ooh. Um, Was that my fault? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I too like the over the top jealous and possessive. Mm. Although that's a little different when you're looking at a white shoes yeah but i have seen some white shoes and some reverse hangers that are incredibly jealous and possessive 
but they are possessive as a group rather than as an individual. Yeah, the pod is possessive. The pod is possessive. <laughs> um, I'm with you on the mafia trope. That is one of my favorites. Um, because I happen to really love kidnapping, captivity, arranged marriage. And those happen to a lot of times fall into that mafia umbrella. Um, I love me a secret baby. I know that is also very controversial. A lot of people don't like secret baby, but I love a secret baby because I love a pregnancy. Um, I love a forced pregnancy specifically. So um, again, something that a mafia trope tends to have a lot more of um, because let's just say the, the leader needs an heir, right? So, and. I love me some non-con and dub-con. Oh, yes. That's top. Top for me. That is one of the absolute top that I that I need. I love it. That is one of the first. No, that is the first uh, trope book-wise we read was Mafia non-con with Twist Me. And while we're talking about non-con and dub-con, I want to throw this out. There is nothing wrong with you if you like to read non-con, dub-con, rape fantasies, consensual non-consent. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that or with you. 100% agree. I will die on that hill. Me too. I'll die with you. I. It is very controversial in some circles because... They see that as being something that you can't come back from. Mm -hmm. But a good author can take a non-con at the start and weave it into a beautiful story by the end. There's actually many reasons people enjoy non-con, dub-con, and all that other stuff that falls in that category. One is many survivors like it for multiple reasons, right? They help them safely go through that experience. And because it is a romance, you know there'll be a happily ever after at the end. So they will go through that experience. They will have that catharsis. And in the end, they will have a happily ever after that they deserved, right? That's one reason. Uh, there are many studies written. And I'm actually trying to find it. Um, so there was a study done disclosing trauma through writing, testing the meaning, making hypothesis by Crystal L. Park and Carol Joyce Bloomberg. Um, it is a peer-reviewed article, you know, study that pretty much talked about something called cognitive um therapy and research and uh it was called like creatotherapy or writer therapy one of those don't don't quote me on that but the abstract was pretty much saying that there's a th writing is a therapeutic tool which can be used for dealing with a variety of mental health issues such as anxiety depression ambivalence and trauma and a number of counselors and theories uh, like narrative therapies and have been incorporated into therapeutic techniques. So along with other 
you know, it, it is not a fix-all, but along with other therapies, writing and reading, like, these tra traumatic things can help you work through your own trauma and come out better on the other end. But I also want to say that if you haven't had anything happen to you and you happen to still like non-con and um, dub-con and all these other things that fall under this umbrella, there's all still nothing wrong with you. Um, Absolutely not. It's just like you and I said before, we've we've been pretty honest about it. We were raised in a very purity culture bullshit world. You and I were raised pretty much being told that sex was bad. Especially if you're a woman, you should not enjoy it. Sex was for procreation, not recreation. Yes, and uh, you were we were told that women do not like sex. Women should never ask for sex women should never actively participate in it like and if you did you were a bad person and a bad woman and a bad whatever right so the only way we were told we were allowed to any sort of way of it like in my in, in our brains like the only way to like it is for our partners to make us like it and to force us into liking it because if they force us to like it, it's out of our control. So we're not bad. Exactly. So that it, there's nothing wrong with you if you like rape books. <laughs> if you like rape, there is a lot wrong with you. But if you like rape books, there's nothing wrong with you. And I think that that's an important thing to address also. Just because you like the fantasy or the story. Mm-hmm. In fiction does not mean that it's something you're down for in reality. Yes. So if you're a weirdo out there, while we may talk about enjoying being kidnapped and taken to a desert island, a deserted island, we probably don't really want that. No, the only kidnapping I want is by my own husband to a hotel somewhere far away from our children for a weekend where we can hang out as adults. So what are some of your favorite dark romance? <laughs> uh, what are some of my dark, my famous favorite dark romances? So I, as we said, I really like non-con. And one of the other reasons I really like it is because to do non-con very well, to do non-con well and to do dub-con well, you need to be able to somehow take this human being that did this vile thing to this other human being and in the end make the reader like them and make the happily ever after believable right i like that journey of like twist me was a great example right julian started out and i'm not saying julian turned out to be like this great human at the end but julian started out being this insane lunatic that kidnapped a high school girl, brought her to his private island where she had absolutely no way of contacting anybody or escaping. He then blackmailed, well, he, he did rape her. He then blackmailed her by justice for Jake, like holding this poor boy that she had a crush on over her head so that she behaved. And yet at the end of the trilogy, 
we somehow understood that they could have a happily ever together and we were rooting for them to succeed. And in order to do that well, you need to be such a skilled writer. And Anna Zayers did it beautifully. Anna Zayers does everything beautifully. She really does. Uh, I have just read for, you know, forget it. No, no, forget it. We're going to go on a fucking tangent. Um, The other person that does non-con and dub-con specifically really well is Zoe Blake. And we've read a bunch of Zoe's books. And talk about well done. Again, we're taking somebody, uh, let's just say Sweet Cruelty, for example. We're taking this Russian mafia boss who is a scary, bad dude. And we know he's a bad dude. Who, again, I mean, it's also like somehow she made that book funny because there is a lot of non-con and dub-con in that book. But she made it hysterical. Like, he took this girl who he thought was an escort (laughs) and he did rape her. But he didn't mean to, almost. You know what I mean? Like, he thought it was a role play. So we that's why it was more dub connie in my brain like zoe's books in my brain are more dub connie while anna's are definitely more non-connie so and and you know again we took that and somehow that whole misunderstanding worked itself out and we were again rooting for them to succeed at the end so i really love non-con dub con and books so some of my favorites are definitely anna zayers anything anna zayers writes including twist me um tormentor mine capture me that new series that she just wrote it's called terrible beauty um the first book just came out it's amazing that's an arranged marriage mafia non-con kidnapping all the good things i like (laughs) and mine god i love that book but we can't read it because it's uh it's a cliffy and there's two more books. Oh, it's also Forced Pregnancy. Like, that book blew my... You haven't read it, have you? Not yet. Terrible Beauty. Oh, my goodness. It's so good. So, I only had five new books come out today. Oh, okay. Plus, I had to finish the book that we're going to be recording tomorrow. Yes. So, and I was busy falling down the stairs. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. So... Mafia and, and like I said, Dark Omegaverse, because Dark Omegaverse, when done well, Addison Kane does it really well and makes you really mad during the whole thing. Um, because there's a lot of injustice in those books. And I love reading about injustice for some reason. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, I'm sure there's some mental reason that I like them. But so that is why I like uh, those books. I can't. I, Dylan Page does really well books like I loved Roe and I usually don't like and that's like a a Jane Tarzan almost retelling that book and usually I would be really mad because I don't understand anything that the the guy was saying because he was speaking like this primitive language that we didn't understand I get really irritated with the language barrier trope yes but that book, for some reason, worked for me. But Roe really worked. Yeah. Highly recommend Roe. Uh, spoiler alert. A very, very good narrator, friend of ours, Corbin King, and I are recording a little bit of Roe for audio. So that's going to come out soon. I can't wait to hear that. 
And by soon, I mean November. So don't. Um, Drevi Annis also does some really good non-con. Yes. Her quarantine series was phenomenal. Oh, my God. Yes. Milo is like my favorite form of crack. I mean, the, talk about jealous possessive. Like, that man was insane. Yes. And I loved every word of it. Yeah. Um, and have you read the spin-off on that, Her Organized Chaos? No, I haven't. Oh, you have to. Wait till you meet Brandon. Talk about a psycho stalker. Once again, my friend, it's like, it's not like we have other things we got to read for the podcast. <laughs> no, unfortunately, this podcast is really cutting into my TBR. <laughs> Isn't it though? <laughs> yeah, in a, in a good way. What are some of your favorites? If you were to give me, actually, let's do this. If you have never read Dark Romance before, right? A friend of yours has never read Dark Romance before. What is the first book you're you're giving them to read? That would depend on their temperament. Because my inclination is to throw them into the deep end with possibly Beauty and Lies. Mm-hmm. Which is by Adelaide Forrest. It is a mafia. In a lot of ways, it's very similar to Twist Me by Anna Sears. Yes. It is a mafia crime family boss who sees this young high school girl and decides, well, you will use the word imprint. He basically imprints on her and decides that she is his. Yeah. And there is no other alternative. He lures her to Spain on the basis of it being a graduation experience. Mm -hmm. And then he, he drugs her, he kidnaps her, takes her to his private island, where he proceeds to put trackers in her. Gotta love me a tracker scene. And a fertility shot. Yes. Put it in my veins. Oh. It, it's it's got some of the best non-con scenes that I've ever read. It's great. Uh, it's a four-book series. The first book is not very dark, so it, it lets you kind of dip your toe in. Mm-hmm. And then you get slammed in the face with it in book two. Yeah. It's definitely like a bait and switch almost. Because the first book is like, oh, it's not so dark. And the second book punches you in the face. Punches you in the face. And just gets darker from there. Um, that's a good pick. I think I l- I would have to go with Zoe Blake for me. And I actually did do this. Remember my doctor friend, right? My doctor friend had never read any sort of dark romance. She really hadn't even read romance. And she's a very good supportive friend. And she was listening to the podcast. And she's like, I want to read some of these books. So I started her off with Sweet Cruelty. And she got hooked. She loves them. She's, I think she's read the whole series. So um, she, I, I think Zoe Blake is good because it is more dubcon-y. So it like eases you in a little while giving you that like taste of darkness, you know. Um, but yes, I also do love me a Faded Maid's trope. And we'll talk about this on tomorrow's recording. 
but I know exactly where my buttons were installed. I do too. Yeah. So Faded Mates, Mafia, Kidnapping, Non-Con. In that order. I love a good shifter. Yes. I like when the female main character either doesn't know that they're shifters and they get that possessive claiming Mm. on her. And I like where she is forced to accept them as her mates, whether she wants to or not. Yeah. Another good introduction to dark romance is Serena Ackroyd. I've never read that. Oh, it's it's on our list of things that I, I would like for us to do. <laughs> our never-ending list. Our never-ending list. Um, she has a shared universe, um, the five points, five, five points mob collection Mm. and it has i believe it's six or seven mafia which are intertwined with i think 12 motorcycle club wow and you can read each grouping separately but if you read them in order it is such an incredible reading experience but it's not real big on the non-con. It has some dubcon, mm. but it is more of the it, it's got human trafficking. It's got some captivity. It's got the normal danger that comes with being a a mafia guy or an MC guy. It's got street wars. It's got arson. It's there's some child there, there's child abuse in one. Not that you, you don't see the child abuse, but it is an integral part of the story. Um, and that's that's a good way to to kind of dip your toe in the water as well. See, I let's just go back to Shifter for a little bit for like a second because I think the reason that I like Shifter a lot is because it's very primal yes and i love primal because i love mine primal is the exact reason that i liked rose so much yes because roe is is very primal because they can't speak to each other so physicality is the only way they can communicate yeah and he's also like a primitive being right he like that's him like he's a different almost like a different species yeah it's almost paranormally you know it's almost shiftery because he is huge like physically right he's just like a bigger person in every way you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um (laughs) and he's stronger he's faster and he's evolved living in this forest like he's not quite like he's human but he is like a different species of human almost he's like a caveman yeah i love it love me love me a caveman i mean he like literally throws her over his shoulder and like carts her back to his little cave 
And he's like, this is mine. She's mine now. Mine. That's it. And I love that he, like, really stalks her. Like, he goes, like, with the blue ribbon situation. Yes. He goes, seeks her out, steals her ribbon, and then, like, follows her. And then when when shit hits the fan, he does find her and just keeps her. We just read Haunting Adeline. Oh, God. Which is for more advanced dark romance. Yes. Do, do not begin with Haunting Adeline. Do not begin with it. But if you are well-versed, it is exceptional. And beautifully written. H.G. Carlton, my, hats go, my hat goes off to you. That was just... Just spectacular. Yeah, it's beautiful. It was beautifully written. It was a very, very well-executed duet. Dark as hell, but very well-written. As I said, let's talk a little bit about Dark Omegaverse. I mean, that's my crack. That's a that's the put it in my veins because it's got everything I like. It's got It's got faded mates, usually, of some sort. It's got primal because of the biting and shifting and growling and all that stuff a lot of it's got non-con or dub con because of the heat it's got forced pregnancy a lot of times because they force the heat on the, the omegas and if you have no idea what i'm talking about you shouldn't be listening to this podcast i was getting ready to say that it might be a good idea to explain a little bit about what the omega verse is it is a usually non-shifting alternative contemporary society where there are designations of the main ones are alpha, beta, and omega. Alphas are the larger, more dominant of the species. The betas tend to be kind of the middle of the road, your average Joe. And omegas are supposed to be more submissive they are frequently rare in society they they aren't very many of them and they're small and they're small but can we just say that they're never submissive which i love it's always a fight i i have read one or two where they were submissive but it is definitely not the norm no, it's they're always fighting the alphas. But their society says they're supposed to be submissive. Yes. In, I think it's LV Lane has the controller series. And she has this doctor that kind of goes into, well, this is what the Omegas are. And this is what the Omegas are supposed to be. Right. And she writes something like, uh, Omegas are presumed to be the weaker submissive caring maternal you know nurturers nurturers but the key word is presumed because they are only that with an alpha that they trust and besides that they're fiery feasty you don't want to cross them kind of you know personality um and i don't know where i was going with that thought but i love lv lane and her omegaverse a lot 
<laughs> I haven't read as much dark Omegaverse as you have. I tend to like the gray. Yeah, you're more... I, I exclusively read dark. Because I, I stumbled upon Omegaverse through Addison Kane, who I think objectively is the darkest Omegaverse writer out there. She's pitch black. She's almost on that verge of it's not romance because a lot of times Miss Kane doesn't finish her books and there's no happily ever after yet. <laughs> so, like, she's still actively writing, so they probably will be, but um, uh, so far I have not read one Addison Kane book that has an HEA in it. Not one. <laughs> Yay! Um, because they're not finished again. Right. Don't come at me like, and I'm telling you this right now. She is one of my favorites, and I love her writing. I will, I will read almost anything that she's ever written. There was only one thing I didn't like, um, and it's just because it was more horror than dark, and I don't like horror. So, the other thing that I really like about Omegaverse is is that size difference. Mm -hmm. I love me a size difference trope, like where the Usually it's the man is much bigger than the woman. But again, it's because I tend to self-insert and I'm a small human being. So just works for me, you know, just works for me. And my husband's a pretty big person. So I guess like we got that going anyway. Like if we were in an Omegaverse, 100%, he would be an alpha and I would be an Omega. Same. Yeah. Or he would be a golden retriever. <laughs> yeah, no. Your husband is definitely the Golden Retriever Vibes boyfriend. And uh, I did tell him that, and he did take a little bit of offense to it. But, you know, that's just what he is. And my husband is definitely more, I would say, if I had to, if I had to put him in a category of book boyfriends, we are Grumpy Sunshine, and he is the Stern Brunch Daddy. I can see that. Yeah. Because he's very caring, right? Like, but he's also no nonsense and he's hugely grumpy. So, and it's, he's especially grumpy right now because he's sick. So he's not feeling great. So. Well, see, this is what I find interesting because for me and mine, we are the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. So that will pair well when we do our double date. Yeah, definitely. Mr. Klein is for sure more sunshine and you are definitely more grumpy. And Mr. Savage is for sure grumpy and I am the sunshine. So although they will definitely get along well and we are definitely in for a uh, an episode for when we do our recording. I can only imagine what will come out of there face holes <laughs> well i i think that that really pretty much it's a good intro to dark romance yeah this is us we are trigger warning romance please join us in our patreon we love oh go ahead i do want to insert that this is a very rare episode in which we stay on topic yes <laughs> Our episodes usually are about 
probably 30% of the book and maybe 60% tangent <laughs> and maybe 10% introduction and closing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is us. And if you enjoy dark romance and if you enjoy a good, hilarious tangent about random topics, please join us. We are open to book suggestions. If you have any book suggestions, please email them to us at triggerwarningromance at gmail.com. Um, we have a list going of book suggestions. You can also get in touch with us at Trigger Warning Romance through Instagram and TikTok. Yes. Or we have a Facebook group, the Trigger Warning Romance Listeners Support Group. We take We will take suggestions from any of the above. Correct. And if you just want to, you know, pop on and say hello, that works too. And send us a, a message through just to tell us what you think of the podcast, what you think of us. We always love hearing from you. And like we said in the beginning, we are still quite confused as to why people are listening. When someone asked me to describe our podcast, I described it as very much like a two-person book club. Yes. We usually settle in with a glass of wine or two. Or three. Or a bottle. <laughs> bottle. And we just gab. And we talk about everything. We don't talk about just books. But but we do usually do a book and episode. Mm-hmm. And we cover it all. Yeah. And we really enjoy blabbing. So we are glad that you enjoy listening to us blab. If you have any suggestions, please let us know. So thank you for joining our Patreon. We are so excited to talk to you on our lives. If you are going to join us on our live recordings and you'll see just the complete mess in a good way that it is recording with us. We are a hot mess. We are. But hot being keyword there <laughs> <laughs> thank you for joining us we are we are so thrilled to have you and we're really excited to go on this extended journey with you we will talk to you next monday have a great week everybody take care bye